Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 222, all the twos. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views, and product reviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks once again for downloading. And first-time listeners, we're glad you found us. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. This week's show, Samsung's new augmented reality app that could save your life. The new Nespresso high-tech machine that will unleash your inner barista. And Kodak is back in the picture to highlight your best photos. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the new Google Pixel smartphone, the Ring connected doorbell, and Samsung's curved high-definition monitor. And we'll wrap it all up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. There's plenty to talk about, so let's jump straight in. Well, the weather's getting a lot warmer. Summer is definitely on its way, and we're all going to be heading once again to the beach. And the beach, while Australians love going there, can be a very dangerous place, uh, especially when it comes to rips. Uh, Locals here in Australia, 69% of us, as a matter of fact, can't identify a rip. And that, uh, that number is even higher when it comes to tourists. There's plenty of tourists that come to Australia to enjoy our beautiful beaches, and many of them are also caught in, in rips and, unfortunately, with tragic circumstances. Some, some of them, unfortunately, drown. So what's to do to protect ourselves and also to know where these rips are? It, it is very hard to identify. Well, Samsung has actually come up with a great idea, a new app called the Pocket Patrol. And what this is, this is an actually an augmented reality app. So it can help identify where the rips are. This this works using your device's camera. So as you are holding your camera up towards the water, augmented reality is brought in and that, that brings in symbols uh, and other objects to identify not only where there are rips, but also other hazards like sandbanks and submerged rocks and and things like that. So it allows you, before you've even stepped into the water, to know exactly where those dangerous rips might be. Samsung at the moment uh, have linked up with the Surf Life Saving Australia and they are conducting a trial of Pocket Patrol on some beaches up on the Sunshine Coast. So if you are up in that area, it would uh, you, you could download the app from the Google Play Store. Just simply search for Pocket Patrol 
and you can get down to the beach and give it a try for yourself. So during during the trial, they're encouraging people to to get down there with their phones, their Android phones. I don't think it's compatible with iOS as yet. So you can experience uh, you, you can experience the augmented uh, augmented reality and also spot those dangerous rips. I think it's a terrific idea that will eventually, of course, be used around the country. So it uses your location, it uses the app, of course, your camera, and puts that all together with augmented reality so it can literally put a sign above the rip where it is on the beach. Now, a rip is where the water, as as the a lot of water washes onto the beach, and as the water is washed out again, the water has to go back out somehow. What it does, it does that through certain channels along the beach. To the trained eye, spotting a rip uh, can is quite easy because they can see where the water is rushing back out to sea. There is usually no waves because of the force of the water going out. But to, to most of us, and I'll repeat, 69% of us, we can't identify these rip currents. And a, a lot of people, first reaction when they, if they do get caught in a rip is to panic. They try to swim against it. They, they oftentimes run out of energy, run, run out, of, uh, out of breath. And the, the, the tragic outcome is that they, might, they drown. The, the advice that all surf lifesavers surf life give if you are caught in a rip is to actually let the rip take you out to sea. So that once you get back, once you out, or not out to sea, but out to the back of the out back of the waves where the waves are breaking, and once you are there, then you can just swim, uh, swim in left or right of the rip, and then you, you're right to catch a wave back into the beach. But hopefully it won't come to that. Hopefully you'll be able to see all of that thanks to Samsung's new Pocket Patrol app. If you want to read more about it, you can check it all out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a massive coffee lover. I love my coffee. I love drinking coffee. I also like making coffee, and I, I have been a fan of the Nespresso machines, and they are getting more high-tech uh, as we go along. And I'm pleased to say that the very latest machine is has, the I think, the most technology built into an espresso machine. It's called the Createista, and that's a play on the word create and barista. So you can be a creative barista, bring that together, it's a Createista. Whether you like the name of the machine or not, the, the, the thing that, about this is that it really makes making a coffee really easy. Now, we often head down to the cafe, and it, it's quite an art to, uh, to make good coffee. Baristas, good baristas uh, make excellent coffee because they know exactly how to texture the milk and how the coffee's poured and where to pour the milk and make the little patterns on top of the milk. Well, Nespresso is giving you the opportunity to do this all yourself, and it help, it's, a, it's a bit of an on-rails experience thanks to this, this small screen on top of the machine. Uh, it uses its normal pod system, so you pop in the, the coffee pod that you like, and it, it'll, it'll then produce, produce the coffee. But also included with the Createista is a steam wand. So usually with other Nespresso machines, you just put pour your milk into into a, what they call the milk island, the milk expander, they call it, and press a button, and then three minutes later, you've got hot milk with a little bit of foam on top. And you simply just pour it in, and, and that, that's that's as close as you get to a cafe-style coffee. Well, with the new Createista, it's with the steam wand, and it also comes with the uh, aluminium milk jug as well. 
you can, through the top of the screen, choose the the temperature of the milk. You can also choose the texture of the milk, and depending on the type of coffee you want to make. So if it's a, a flat white, that'll re require less foam. If you want a cappuccino or you want to make your child a baby chino, then you're going right to the top of the scale, and that produces more foam. So that, that's the texture of the milk that you're changing. Now, when, when the milk is ready to go, and there is a small temperature monitor at the bottom of the tray, so you sit the, the steam jug on top of this little, it's like a silver button on the bottom of the machine, it can detect the temperature of the milk to give you an idea of when, when you can stop steaming the milk. And the, and the beauty of the steam wand is that uh, it, it's made so that it never gets hot. So if you did, were to touch it, even while it was steaming the milk, you're not going to get scalded. So they've really taken those precautions. And what surprised me too about this is how small it is. The footprint of this machine isn't much larger than a regular Nespresso. I've seen other coffee machines on the market that have, uh, you know, the, co the coffee the coffee grounds section and it's got the little steamer as well, and they are quite large, double the width of this uh, of the Nespresso Creatista. Well, uh, it, this this has got quite a small footprint, so it'll fit anywhere in your kitchen. So you can uh, use this to create your lattes, your flat whites, your cappuccinos all sorts of coffee, and of course you've got all the choices of all the Nespresso pods. There's 11 adjustable milk temperatures, and the the Creatista itself goes on sale October 31. It's available in brushed stainless steel, and that's 799 That's the Creatista Plus, and the Creatista is also available in black and royal champagne, and they cost $699. But if you love your coffee and want to see how you can make it yourself, then you've got to take a look at the Nespresso Creatista at techguide.com.au. Now, we all know the Kodak brand from back in the day. It was the king of the photographic brands when we were using film in our cameras and taking lots of photos. And the only choice we had with film cameras was, of course... To print them out, we had to take them, develop them, go to those one-hour photo places. I don't know how many of you remember doing that, getting taking your photos from your holiday. You, you hoping you got some good photos, and of course, not being digital, you can't see that photo. Back in the day, though, you did, you rushed off and you got your prints back, and you framed the ones you liked, and you enlarged some others, and it was a great experience. But now. We've moved into the digital age and we're taking probably more photos than ever, yet printing the, the, them out hardly at all. It's the least amount of printing that we've done of our photos ever. I think the figure was something like about of all the billions of photos that we take around the world, I think something like 6% of them are printed, which isn't much. So where does Kodak come into the picture again? Well, they've just released a new app called the Kodak Moments app. And this is basically a, a photo sharing system. So you, it's, it's like a little mini Instagram, and it allows you to invite friends and family. So you've got your own little private little sharing group. So rather than just putting it out there on Facebook for everyone to see, all your friends to see, or on Instagram or, or, or all those other social media apps, this allows you to choose a you select little group of people to share your moments and share your memories. And, and what the advantage it also offers here is that it stores all the images that you share in the cloud at full resolution. So apart from you sh sharing those moments, 
it does allow you to do something with them. And by that I mean you can, you can print out your photographs, you can order prints, and you can even order some amazing gifts, uh, things like photo books or mugs or all these other personalized products, uh, acrylic prints, canvas prints, all these photo books, it's, it's uh, photo blocks even. Uh, you can even put a photo on a mug. It is a great service that allows you to not only share those memories, enjoy them on the screen, but also do something with them. It's a really easy path to getting a printout or a, a product with your favorite memory, your favorite photograph on it. So the Kodak Moments app, if you, if you do just want to use it just to print out photos, it'll give you the nearest Kodak kiosk. So you'll find them at Officeworks and Kmart, places like that where you take, you go down there, you got your photos uh, and you got your, your, your phone. It's an iOS and Android uh, uh, app as well. So you, it'll tell you where the nearest kiosk is. So you might want to just roll down to the kiosk and just print, the, print them out yourself. It'll give you step-by-step instructions on how to print them. Or you can order prints uh, at, at various sizes. So you can have enlargements, whatever you like, as well as all those gift products as well. And that, is, that would make a great gift for for family, friends and relatives, a beautiful gift of some great photos and that you can put uh, into these products. It is, uh, it'll, it'll make a great present for somebody. And with Christmas coming up, what better time is there to start thinking about that now? But if you want a re- to read more about the Kodak Moments app and make the most of your photos, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And you can get the fastest speeds available with the new Netgear Nighthawk X8 AC5300 smart Wi-Fi router. With speeds of up to 5.3 gigabits per second and tri-band Wi-Fi, you can deliver more Wi-Fi to more devices in your home. The Netgear Nighthawk X8 has four external active antennas, along with four internal antennas that amplify your Wi-Fi range. Smart Connect intelligently selects the fastest Wi-Fi band for every device, and with ReadyCloud USB access, you can secure personal access to USB storage from anywhere. Net Nighthawk X8, it's the next wave in Wi-Fi. You can learn more at netgear.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Kicking off the Tech Guide reviews this week is the much-hyped Google Pixel smartphone. Every time I look at the TV, there appears to be a TV, an ad uh, promoting the Google Pixel smartphone uh, about it being a really new, new phone and all these great features. And I have to say, I'm very impressed. We've been using ours for a couple of weeks now. And the device, Google, I think a lot of people think this is Google's very first phone. It actually isn't. It's the first phone that I think they've produced a special type of special Android version of on board and the hardware built by actually built by HTC, 
but you don't find their name anywhere. So it's, they're, they're trying to do here what Apple does really well, and that's blending software with hardware to create a really good product. That's as close as you're going to get in the Android world as a company making the software and the hardware uh, with the Google Pixel. Uh, Design-wise, it it does it does look a little similar to the iPhone, I have to say, but it is uh, it has some other distinguishing features. It has a it's available in silver or black, and the top third of of the rear panel has this shiny surface uh, and a, and a fingerprint reader dead center in the top half of the back of the phone. So it's actually a good spot for the fingerprint reader because when you're holding the Pixel, your finger, your index finger naturally sits around that position of the phone anyway. So it makes sense just to pop your index finger back on that Touch ID. The Now that's Apple's version of a fingerprint reader. Uh, they call theirs the Pixel, Pixel imprint and that allows you to unlock the phone really quickly. It does unlock it instantly. Uh, it does have a... The camera on board is... Been voted by DxO Mark as being the best camera in the world, but we'll discuss that in in a moment. You will find though there is a headphone jack on the Pixel, so those who uh, still want to have their corded headphones, SIM card slot on the left, volume keys, USB C port aboard this as well, and the rear panel has that Pixel imprint fingerprint reader that we already mentioned. What you won't find on the Pixel is a is expandable memory. No expandable memory, which for an Android device, I think an Android user has come to expect that feature on a device. You're not going to get that with the Pixel because Google being Google, they want you to store all your stuff online. And again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. They want you to access everything online. They want everything in in their cloud for you to access. But I think if they did want to create one point of difference to the iPhone, that would have been it because uh, it is competing head-to-head with the iPhone, especially at this price point. So you think about the iPhone 7 doesn't have an expandable memory card slot. No iPhone ever has or I think ever will. But Google had an opportunity to have that slight point of difference, and they chose not to. It's also not water-resistant, which is uh, again puts it third behind the iPhone 7 and the Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge devices that are playing in that category as well. So two points there that I think Google may lose some points over, but uh, that isn't a deal breaker. This still is a very, very good device. It's running the Android 7.0.1 operating system called Nougat. Now, for those who aren't aware, the uh, Android operating systems are named after candies, desserts, and in alphabetical order. So you, you've gone, the previous one to this was Marshmallow. So that's M, and now we're up to N, which is Nougat. I don't know what O is going to be, but I'm, I'm sure there are some. Tweet me at Stephen Fennec and Stephen Spelt with a PH if you do know what the next Android, so that's Android 8, what that's going to be. Or if you've got some, some suggestions, we'd love you to tw- I'd love you to tweet me. But this version of Android, uh, with being obviously Google's very own product, is a really cool Android version. Very uncluttered, no bloatware on top of it that other manufacturers put on. on they put a layer of, of, of on top of Android that kind of makes things, it doubles a few things up. There might be two galleries, two, two apps. It's a little bit like Noah's Ark. There's sometimes two of everything. And for some pure Android users, uh, Android fans, this really grates with them. Well, you're not going to have that problem with the Google Pixel. Now, standout feature, I've got to say, is Google Assistant. And this is a really clever feature because it, it kind of, think of Siri, which is on an iPhone, 
But with Google, it is it's similar yet offers all the strength and all the resources of Google behind it. So not only just search uh, maps, it it also allows you to find your files. Uh, set reminders. There's so many things at, at your disposal just by using your voice and training it like, takes seconds. It doesn't take long at all. It's also got quite the sense of humor. I'm going to try this right now and I'm going to say, okay, Google, tell me a joke. Here you go. How did the vacuum cleaner die? It bit the dust. <laughs> That's just one example. We just heard a joke right there from Google Assistant. Uh, it, it does has, have some interesting answers to some funny questions if you want to put to it. So quite the personality. But in terms of just being an assistant, it is really, really useful. And it doesn't need to go out. Uh, voice recognition takes place on the device, not up, not on the internet like it does with the iPhone. So you're going to get faster responses there as well. I, I'm a big fan of Google Assistant. I think it's one of the tentpole features of the Google Pixel, one of many. One of the others, and we mentioned it at the top of the show, at the top of this segment, is the camera. Now, it's a 12.3 megapixel camera, which, according to DxO Mark, they're, they're this independent body that rates the quality of smartphones. It has it gave the Pixel the highest rating of 89. Uh, the iPhone 7 scored an 86. But interestingly, DxO Mark hasn't scored the iPhone 7 Plus which has a superior camera to the iPhone 7. So I took it upon myself to take photos uh, of some, some similar pictures with the iPhone 7 Plus and the Google Pixel. And in my mind, in my opinion, I think that the cameras are about on par. I wouldn't say the Google is miles ahead or the iPhone's miles ahead. They're about even in terms of quality, sharpness, color reproduction you'll see on my review on tech guide that i've taken virtually identical photographs from the same spot and tag them uh, according to which which phone took the actual phone so bottom right hand corner you'll see google pixel top left hand corner you'll see iphone 7 plus you'll see exact images and you judge for yourself which is best i think they're about on par uh, it, it does shoot great low light. It also shoots 4K as well, up to 60 frames per second. It's got optical image stabilization as well, so you're going to get some great results. There's also some other modes as well, HDR+, lens blur, panorama mode, uh, and it's got a f2.0 aperture, so those, those low light images, as I said, are really punchy. Uh, in terms of the storage, you've got two choices, 32 gig, 128 gig also, but there's no expandable memory. But there's no worries about running out of room because with the Google Pixel, you've got unlimited online storage of all your photos and all your videos at their full resolution when you use Google Photos. So it's one less worry. And that's what takes up most of the room on our devices is uh, are our images and videos. They take up a lot of room. So being able to store them in the cloud uh, and have access to them at full resolution, uh, it's not going to put a strain as much on your memory, but on your your data allowance. So if you're streaming a lot of your own photos or videos, then that's going to have an impact on how much data you're going to use. Uh, but without that micro SD card uh, to expand the memory, that's the only choice you've got if you go over your storage. Under the hood, Qualcomm Snapdragon 821, the very latest silicon there, quad core, 4 gig of RAM. So this is a really snappy performer. Uh, everything opens and shuts really quickly. The camera fires up straight away. 
some really nice shortcuts too within the uh, within the the native Google app. So I told you the Android version on this phone probably the best you'll use of, of any Android device. Really nice Android experience. But the, those shortcuts I just mentioned, you press on an app and you are presented with these alternative shortcuts. So if you press on YouTube, for example, you're offered three choices before the app actually opens trending subscriptions or search or uh, it saves you time saves some time digging around so same thing if you press on the settings icon you'll get the shortcuts battery data usage and wi-fi so you go straight to those settings if you want hold the camera icon as well and it'll give you the choices of if you want to take a quick selfie or shoot a video uh, really handy new features on android right there now to one of the best features of the phone the battery Battery life on this thing is phenomenal. One of the best batteries on a smartphone, as a matter of fact. This is an absolute home run with the, the battery life. It is brilliant. It does uh, it lasts easily into a second day and charges as well. If you, you, you can get seven hours of charge, so seven hours of extra usage just by 15 minutes of charge. So if you're about to head out the door and you, you realize you're at 10%, Plug it in for 15 minutes and you'll get an additional seven hours of use, which I think is really impressive. The fast charging is brilliant. If you keep it charged, keep it plugged in, it'll charge you 100% pretty quickly in about an hour, less than an hour, I think. So that is another big tick for the Pixel. We mentioned no no micro SD expansion, no water resistant and in terms of the price, let, let's let's talk about that now. The pricing, the Google has absolutely a, a, a copied uh, pricing for the iPhone Seven, the iPhone Seven and the Google Pixel. There's two sizes I should add too: Google Pixel, Pixel XL, Pixel as a five-inch screen, Pixel XL as a five-point-five-inch screen. Virtually identical devices, just the screen size is the difference. But the Pixel, the five-inch model, priced exactly the same as the iPhone. So it's a thousand and seventy-nine for the thirty-two gig model, uh, and a thousand and twelve, one thousand two hundred twenty-nine for the one twenty-eight gig model, uh, and the Pixel XL is $1,269 for the 32 gig, $1,419 for the 128 gig. Now, this sort of is, this is Google making a statement with these prices saying, well, we are in the same class as the iPhone. We're in the same class as Samsung. And in my opinion, I think Google probably should have positioned their phone slightly cheaper. I think it would have been a slam dunk purchase when the taking the iPhone and the Samsung top of the line models off the table. But when you look at, if you're an Android user, and especially in light of the dramas with the Samsung, the Note 7, uh, if you are in that market and you just wanted Android, then seeing Samsung's troubles with the Note 7 may discourage people from going for the Galaxy S7 or the S7 Edge. And so that plays right into Google's hands being in that category. If you want to get it through a telco on a plan, Telstra has exclusive telco rights. If you want to buy it outright for those prices I just mentioned, you can do that at JB Hi-Fi or with uh, Google Online as well. If you want to read our complete review and see our rating, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Our next product is a really interesting one. Our next review is the Ring Connected Doorbell. Uh, this is a really cool product because it kind of combines a couple of things. It's a doorbell, of course, and the connected 
it's a connected doorbell. So what that means is that once this is installed and linked to your wireless network and you've downloaded the app to your phone, you can basically answer your door from anywhere. Uh, I, I uh, Since I've had this installed, I had a courier. I get a lot of couriers coming here, collecting review products and dropping others off. I'm often not home. And I was able to talk to a courier through my Ring doorbell when I was not home. I just said to them, yeah, just leave the package. Uh, just there's a, I've got a big post, secure post box on my door, on my porch. And I said, just leave it behind you on the porch. I'm just upstairs. And they said, no problem. And off they went. They didn't know I was, I was actually across town, not upstairs. But that's the great advantage of the Ring connected doorbell. So it's got a camera, a wide angle camera, so you can see who you're talking to. They can hear you. You can hear them like, you, like you're upstairs on your intercom. Uh, really easy to set up as well. The app is excellent so that you get not only uh, when someone's at your door, but it also gives you motion alerts as well. So that kind of combines a security camera aspect as well. So it's not only for convenience being able to answer your door from anywhere and talk to whoever's at your door. You might have someone at your door that you, you, you're out the backyard or upstairs. You don't want to talk to them and say, oh, look, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in buying what you're selling or whatever it happens to be. And you can just leave it at that. And uh, it's kind of like a video intercom you can use anywhere. Uh, it does connect to your, your Wi-Fi network, as I mentioned. You can also add on other products like a chime. So if you want to hear, if you want to actually hear the doorbell going off, that's a good idea because it, if you do want to just get up and answer the door, then that, that makes it possible as well, as well as answering the door on your smartphone. Uh, the the this on the security side, you can set how far, how much motion you want to detect, like how far it can see, uh, and that motion also uh, triggers video recording, so you can you can see them when you see the notification on the, on the app, you can click on that and actually see what motion there happened to be uh, on uh, out the, or near your front door, and uh, in the same way as you can talk to someone uh, at the front door, so it does it records the the the, the uh, doorbell rings as well as when it detects motion as well. Now, what it does too, you can store your recordings in the cloud. There is a, a cloud recording for $4 a month or $40 annually. You can then have your, your video stored up in the cloud uh, as far back as six months and even save some videos permanently if you want because there's some videos, if there's some incident in your home and you've got this motion video or whatever security video you happen to have from through the ring doorbell, you can actually store that and then share that with police and insurance companies if you have to. Hopefully, it'll never come to that. But good to know that you've got not only convenience with the Ring doorbell, but also peace of mind because it is, as I said, a security camera as much as it is a doorbell that can be answered from anywhere. To install it, you need to drill some holes in the wall. There's the drill bit even comes in the box. So there's no hunting around for the right drill bit. They include the drill bit, including uh, they also include a screwdriver which allows you to screw in the normal Phillips head screws, but also the unique screws that actually secure the ring to prevent anyone from stealing it. And if someone does manage to steal the doorbell, they'll give you another one for free. They'll replace it for free. That's their guarantee. Now, the Ring doorbell, it's available now. It's priced at $299. The Ring Chime, 
which is so you can hear the doorbell inside. That's an additional 59 bucks. That too has to be connected to your Wi-Fi network. And you can also uh, put up, you can also purchase through Ring a stick-up security camera so that you can stick that up on the wall. Not that you're getting, not that it's a stick-up like a robbery, but you can stick it up, uh, the security camera. There's also a solar panel to power that stick-up camera because it needs power from somewhere. And they are 299 and 79 respectively 299 for the stick up security camera and the solar panel uh, is $79 to power it as well and if you want to read our complete review of the ring connected doorbell you can check it out at techguide.com.au now samsung has produced a they've, 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 we've, we know samsung for creating great curved televisions and that curve has now made its way to their monitors, their computer monitors. The curve on a TV uh, is subtle. It's immersive, helps you immerse you in the action, sort of helps you look deeper into the picture. But that curve is meters away from you in your lounge room. Well, what they've done is brought that curve to a monitor, which is half a meter away from you. And I found it actually creates an even more immersive effect. And the monitor I'm talking about is the CF591. There's a 27-inch curved full HD LED monitor. Uh, it has an H a HDMI port, display port. Uh, it also has uh, audio, audio audio in and obviously power and can be connected to a PC or a Mac or a Blu-ray player or even a gaming console. We tried them with all of those, and it worked terrific. Now, this is uh, the screen, 27 inches, full HD, subtle little curve. I think the curvature is 19 degrees uh, from, from one end to the other, and it is full high definition. The bezel is almost non-existent. There's a little silver frame around the edge of the t around the edge of the monitor that you can hardly notice. So you, all you're seeing is whatever you're displaying, whether it's your, a game, a movie, or your computer screen. It does have a that that slight curve, which is actually designed to imitate the curve of the human eye. Now. The angle of curvature, as I said, 19 degrees is different to the angle of curvature on a TV. For a start, this is smaller, so it's not as big and wide as a television, so they are different. It does have a 178-degree viewing angle, too, which is excellent. It's got that widescreen 16 by 9 aspect ratio. Style-wise, uh, it does have that silver bezel that I mentioned, but it's got a nice uh, white rear panel and a small silver circular stand, so it doesn't take up too much room. To adjust it is easy. Tilt it up and down is quite easy. To swivel it uh, left and right, to angle it, you actually got to move the whole monitor. So I don't think it rotates. There's no rotation on it, but it does tilt up and down. Uh, I've told you about the connectivity already. One, I would have liked a second a second HDMI port, uh, maybe even a USB port. There's not even a USB port on this. It does have built-in speakers, though. I quite like the 5-watt stereo speakers. So if you're watching a movie or playing a game, you don't have to add speakers to the system. The speakers themselves built in sound respectable. If you want better speakers, of course, then you can plug in the speakers to either the monitor or your computer uh, and enjoy from there. Uh, it's got a 1920 by 1080 
maybe full HD resolution, 3,000 to 1 contrast ratio. And we gave this a try with our computers. We also uh, watched some movies and also played some PC games. And on the gaming side, you'll be pleased to know that it's got AMD FreeSync technology. And what that means is that it can give you really smooth and and, and uh, low latency frame rate. So it actually syncs to the screen refresh rate of the same frame rate of the content so that it minimizes that latency. If anyone who's a gamer will know exactly what I'm talking about because that split second difference between the game and what you see on the monitor can mean the difference between winning or losing if you're playing online. There's also eye saver mode. And when this is activated, it reduces that blue, those blue light emissions uh, so that it, it, it reduces the flickering. And, and so it, it makes your eyes uh, a little less strained when you're looking at it. Now, I mentioned that one other thing that was missing was a Thunderbolt connection. If you're a Mac user, you'll know what I'm talking about. You can connect your computer, your your MacBook Pro or your Mac Mini, whatever Mac you happen to be connecting, your Mac Pro, to the, the display, but it doesn't have Thunderbolt. It's also only full HD. A lot of people think that might be a funny thing to say, but... Uh, the price of this is quite high. It's five hundred and fifty bucks, five forty nine ninety five to be precise, and you're only getting HD, full high definition, and the curve is great. Uh, it, this it is priced a little high. People are paying that sort of money would be looking more at a four K or a quad HD resolution screen, something more than full HD. But in terms of quality to enjoy your games and your movies, this does stand up. It is it is a great computer, and it gives you plenty of screen real estate too. The the monitor itself, with that widescreen aspect ratio, it is really easy to say to split the screen. You've got a lot of lot of room to put documents and other things you happen to be working on. Split the screen. You might have email on one side and your documents on the other. It does give you a lot of room to move. The 27 inch Samsung CF591 curved full high definition monitor. Our full review is at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like passwords, photos and credit card details, to hackers and identity thieves? Well, Norton Wi-Fi privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online, so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi Privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. This week on the Tech Guide Help Desk, we're going to talk to you about the 2G network and the fact that it's going to be closed, it's going to be shut down for good really soon. Now, 2G networks are operated individually by uh, each operator. So Telstra, Optus, and Vodafone have 2G networks. 2G was the network that when we all started with our mobile phones and all we had was talk and text, the 2G network was all we had. 3G wasn't introduced till about 2005, six, and that allowed us to do things like uh, data, browsing the web, using apps, 
and so the 2G network was kind of left behind. We had we've got 2G, we had 3G, now we've got 4G, coming even up to 5G. So as a result, 2G used by hardly anyone anymore is closing down. Telstra's is going to shut down the first December the first 2001, the first one to shut down in about five weeks' time. December 1, 2016. Optus will turn their 2G network off next year. That's April 2017, with Vodafone shutting their 2G network down in September 2017. So it's less than a year away. So if you are on a 2G device, you have, and you're on Telstra, that's, that's the first one to shut down. I would look to getting a 3G device. If you do want to stick to a simple product, a simple smartphone, a uh, simple feature phone, so if you want a phone with buttons on it, for example, they, there are still plenty of those around. You'll be able to find them from Telstra, Optus, and Vodafone, as well as through Boost. If you want to maybe try an entry-level smartphone, you can do that. We've looked at a few products there to, to give you some alternatives on Tech Guide. We've looked at the Telstra EasyCore 123. That's a, a feature phone with large buttons. It's also got a built-in FM radio. It's got a, a speed. It's, you can hear the radio through the speakers on the back. It's also got an alert switch, so loud piercing sound if you get in trouble or in an emergency. It's also got a light switch. It turns it into a torch as well. There's the Doro Phone Easy 623. That's a $99 flip phone from Optus. That's also 3G compatible. Alcatel's OneTouch 2036 from Vodafone is a tiny phone with buttons. It's got a small color screen. It's also got an operating system that offers an internet browser, email, and social media apps. That's only $29. Then, of course, you've got your entry-level smartphones, things like the Boost Dex. This is a 5-inch smartphone running Android. It's actually manufactured by Alcatel. Uh, and it offers a great experience. It's compatible for the, both the 3G and 4G networks. Five megapixel rear camera, two megapixel front camera. If you want something slightly better, uh, you can get the Samsung J2. That's got a 4.7-inch quad HD super AMOLED screen, 8 gig of internal memory. Uh, it's also got a 5-megapixel camera on the back and a 2-megapixel camera on the front and is a, a, a bit more of an advanced model of the smartphone. But if you want to read all about the, the closure of the 2G network and those products I just mentioned, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've spoken about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, feel free to email us at info at techguide.com.au. Special shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you with us once again. Well, we'll be taking a well-earned break next week, so we look forward to you joining us again in two weeks' time. But until then, stay safe and stay connected.